last 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Back in the Masson Web Studio, it is the last episode of the 2022 regular season of the Masson All Access Podcast. Welcome to the show, everyone. Bobby Blanco, Amy Jennings joining you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are watching us live on the Masson Nationals Facebook page or YouTube channel, or maybe listening after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you're subscribed to podcasts, hopefully you're subscribed to the Masson All Access Podcast. I am back in studio after... Actually, two weeks away, I guess, because we were both sick two weeks ago. And then last week, I was still down with COVID, zooming in from home. But good to be back in person with you, Amy, for which is kind of nuts. I mean, I would assume that we're going to do one show next week after the end of the regular Mm -hmm. season, kind of wrap everything up. Uh, But our last regular season pod of 2022. When you were at first, when you did your little introduction and you're like, and the last episode, I was like, Bobby, are you announcing you're quitting or something? No, 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 no. Um, But... You know, hopefully we can finish here strong, our mm-hmm. last episode of the regular season, just like we hope the Nationals can yeah. finish strong yeah, uh, through their final week. <laughs> about nine games left in the regular season for the Nationals. Of course, we talked about this quite a bit last week as well, that, uh, you know, the Nationals can't just kind of walk to the end of the finish line. Right? They've got to play competitive baseball over these last nine games because they have a, a good say in what could be uh, the – well, no, what is the National League – postseason picture i mean of course they've got these two more games left against the braves last night shutout loss at the hands of a complete game by a rookie right-hander bryce elder give the braves a, a a half game um back from their deficit to the mets so mm-hmm. now they're only a full game back in the national league east i believe they're pretty close if not fully wrapped up it might be as soon as tonight or tomorrow but Whoever comes in second in the National League East is going to be the number one wild card. I'm pretty sure that's pretty much locked up. Uh, And then this weekend, the Phillies, four games against the Phillies. They're uh, one and a half games back, I believe, of the Padres of the second wild card and have a game and a half lead over the Brewers for the third. So they're right in the mix, too. They need to keep winning. And then, of course, next week, the Mets will look to uh, seal their first NL East crown since 2015 in New York. Um, when the Nationals go up there to finish the season. Yeah, like a month ago, two months ago, when we were looking at the schedule down the stretch, we knew what this was going to be like. We knew that they were going to play the Braves, Phillies, Mets, all in the final week of the season. But I don't think we realized just how important each of these games would be for each of those teams. So it kind of makes it a little bit exciting, um, a little bit tough given the situation of the Nats rotation at the moment and not being able to score runs like we saw yesterday um, in that complete game shutout by Bryce Elder. Um, But nonetheless, they still have to play these games and they'll make it at least a little bit exciting knowing that they could eliminate somebody from the playoffs or or affect where they finish in the wildcard spots. Yeah, so Mets have a one-game lead over the Braves currently as the recording of this podcast. I'm I'm guessing everyone has around eight or nine games left. Uh, I don't know who has off days coming up, but, you know, around that many games left. Um, Philly has been eliminated from the NL East, but, yes, they are a half game, one and a half games behind the Padres for the, nice. second wild, or the second wild card and have a one and a half game lead over the Brewers. And I guess technically the Giants have not been officially eliminated, but their elimination number is down to two. So probably end of the week, the Giants will be out of the picture. Yeah, I mean, the Nationals are going to have a say in seating. And we actually, uh, at Nets Park yesterday, this conversation came up in the press box about 
about the seeding because it's a new playoff picture this year. Right. The first top two seeds get a bye. The number three seed, which will be your third division winner, plays the sixth wild card spot. That winner would play the two seed because they don't want the three seed playing the one seed in the second round, I guess the divisional round. Um, and then you you would have wild cards one and two playing each other in the wild card. That's the four five matchup, which would play the number one seed. If you're the Dodgers in the National League East, you would almost want to be the two seed because you were probably playing St. Louis or Philadelphia in the it's, second it's round. So interesting, yeah. And you're looking at the Braves, who have a better record than both of those teams that could possibly go play the number one seed Dodgers as the number one wild card. Right. Obviously, you want to be one of the teams that sits back. Now it's of course a three game series rather than just you know the one game wild card. Um, but it's the difference between, you know, sitting back, but also who you're going to probably end up playing right. um, in that division series. So every every game here down the stretch makes a big difference. And it's interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all shapes up this year. Um, but I kind of like it. I like the extended playoffs. I oh, like yeah. having a whole wild card series. series yep. um, it makes everything more exciting. I'm excited for playoff baseball. Dodgers are solidified as the number one seed in the NL. So the Mets and or Braves cannot catch them. So it is going to come down to – I mean, that's an important division to win right now. Right. I mean, who's going to get that first-round bye? That's going to be one of those teams because it doesn't look like the Cardinals will be able to even catch the Braves at this point. So it's going to come down to a first-round bye or then hosting the wild-card round. And as we saw in the wild-card game, I know you're playing a full series, best out of three, but anything could happen. Right. You don't want to be – I mean, the, the Braves could win 100 games – Host the wild card Still. series and then lose, <laughs> and then lose. <laughs> yeah, uh, to the Padres. I mean, that would be crazy. Juan Soto and the Padres uh, finding their way back into the playoff series. So, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. The Nationals will have their fingerprints all over this series for good or for worse. Yeah, for better uh, or for worse. So, uh, keeping and that kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about today. Finishing strong. Like I said, the Nationals can't really sit back and relax. Like I thought it was weird on Monday that there was like only four Major League Baseball games being played. Right. And one of them was the Reds and Pirates. And that game literally does not matter, right? right? So that has no effect on the standings. Every game the Nationals play from here on out has an effect on the standings. And it was interesting talking to Davey Martinez yesterday. And he was asked, you know, I guess this came up over this weekend in Miami. But there were he was toying with the idea of having their, middle, their infielders start playing without the shift because of the rule changes coming mm -hmm. next year. So, like, obviously, C.J. Abrams and Luis Garcia, you have to have two infielders on either side of second base at all times with both feet, both feet on, the, on the dirt. But he decided against it because he was like, we are playing teams that where these games matter. We don't want to kind of just – he didn't say this, but, like, I'm paraphrasing, but we don't want to punt on the season and, and you know, let these – because, right. you know, there are fans and there are players in Milwaukee – who are watching, the watching Nationals this, you know, games, who are going right. to be rooting for a Nationals four-game sweep this weekend right. against the Phillies. There are, you know, New York is looking at us right now and, and hoping that the Nationals beat the Braves these next two games and then vice versa next week. So they have a, they, they are going to play an important role in here. And Davey Martinez was like, we thought about it That's to get them ready for next year. But because mm -hmm. these games are important, they mean something to our opponents, we're going to keep playing the way we have been playing and try to win the games. Right, exactly. And that's why, you know, you saw it yesterday, Davey Martinez shook the lineup a little bit. Yep. C.J. Abrams moved a bump up the lineup. You saw him hit in that two spot last night because he has been putting together much better at bats, being more patient. Um, and you saw the reward for that. So Davey Martinez is going to be constantly changing things, putting his best lineup out there, hopefully his best starter on the mound, depending on who that is. Um, 
through through the rest of the way. So all the games matter. And Davey Martinez, I mean, if you can play the shift for the rest of the season, these last, you know, whatever games, he's going to do it. Yeah. And so you mentioned the starters. The the rotation is, is the big question mark moving forward. There's, like I said, only nine games left. The Nationals have a handful of starters that can pitch games. Um, Mackenzie Gore maybe coming back from a uh, rehab start and rehabbing his, to make one professional major league start for the Nationals before the end of the season. Double header on Saturday, off day on Thursday. It's kind of tricky the way Dave is going to have to navigate these mm-hmm. last this last week of the season. Um, let's start with Patrick Corbin uh, because he's also a big question mark too. Of course, a week ago today, left a start in Atlanta after throwing only 12 pitches, only recording two outs in the first inning. This time, not due to poor performance, but because of back spasms. Right. Um, and uh, he was pulled from that start early. He was able to, I believe, play catch on Friday in Miami. And then he threw a light bullpen session Monday at Nationals Park. He's expected to throw a heavier bullpen session in the next couple of days. And then the Nationals will go from there. Do you see... Patrick Corbin being able to make what, what what's your approach with when it comes to Corbin and how he should finish out this season, I mean, assuming he's healthy. Right. The good thing is he played catch on Saturday or Friday. Was, yeah. yeah. Um, felt fine. He said he felt really good. I think um, everything with that light bullpen session went fine. Going to throw a heavier bullpen session this week. Um, if he can come back and make one more start and finish this season on whatever note he can finish it on. Sure, go ahead. I mean, obviously, Patrick Corbin's, you know, mature enough, veteran enough that, you know, he knows whether he can he can do that or not. They're not going to do anything to, you know, do any farther damage or whatever. But it doesn't sound like it's that serious. And it sounds like he is possibly going to be able to pitch this weekend. And I say, why not? He can make one more start. Um, Davey Martinez definitely needs the option. Um, but the problem is, is there's so many question marks right mm-hmm. now. Is Patrick Corbin is a question mark on whether he'll be able to make another start this season. Mackenzie Gore is a question mark on whether he will both be able to make his Nationals debut. So that's kind of the hardest thing is it's probably like a game of waiting is we yeah. just don't know at this point. Like you can't really make a plan because there's not, you know, you don't know what your options are at this point. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like. They're fortunate that they have this off day coming up on Thursday, mm-hmm. but then you have to keep in mind they have a doubleheader on Saturday. Right. And then as you and I were talking before we went on air, the, it's supposed to rain all weekend here in D.C. Uh, I think we're Makes supposed to get the remnants of Hurricane Ian coming up the East Coast. And so that's going to be complicated. And again, not not to keep harping on this, but these games will matter. It's not like it's going to be Pirates-Reds where MLB can just cancel the game and whatever. The Phillies are going to need to play these games. So they're going to have to figure out a way – rain or shine to get these games in so the Phillies can make their case and, and try to get into the postseason. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a benefit that they have this off day, but you have to keep in mind the doubleheader, and then you mentioned all the question marks. For Patrick, I, I agree. I, I think if he's healthy enough to do it, if his back feels fine. Now, the back is a tricky thing. You know, he's obviously a little older than the, some of the younger guys. He's been around the block. Um, and we said last week, you know, credit – the credit for Patrick Corbin over these past three seasons is he's made the start every five days. Right. Um, the results have been a mixed bag, but mm-hmm. he's been able to go out every five days. You don't know what you're going to get, but you know that he can take the mound. And so this is the kind of the first time since he's joined the Nationals that that hasn't been the case. Um, and it, it's, it's just a small tweak. Like you said, he's, he felt fine after throwing the ball. It sounded like his light bullpen session on Monday went fine. The next one will really determine whether or not he can actually pitch again. And I say, you, you know, 
considering everything, you know, his status with the team, his contract with the team, how much longer he's going to be here, if he's healthy enough to pitch, he, he has to pitch. You know, I don't oh, think the Nationals, unless it's like truly like, you know what, the back isn't acting the way we wanted to, and you're more likely to tweak it than get out of the outing healthy. Let's just shut it down. But if he's like, nope, I feel fine. I don't feel it at all. Then he's got to pitch. I mean, you're, right. you're, I know the numbers don't say it, but you are the frontline starter of this rotation. <laughs> you were the opening night starter. You have to go out and take the ball if you're healthy enough to pitch and finish the season. Well, and the one good thing is if, you know, he only ends up making one more start, he can't get to a 20 loss season. Yeah, that's true. It so will be 19 possibly. Yeah, 19 possibly. Um, but at least that's not, you know, in the back of the Nationals' yeah. mind. Like, do we really want to put him out there and, you know, put him in jeopardy to have a 20-loss season, which would be historic across baseball? And you want him to finish the season strong, which he actually has been right. pitching better, better of late. If you remember going back to the end of July and the beginning of August, he had two of three outings when he didn't get out of the first inning. Mm-hmm. In L.A. against the Dodgers and then in Philadelphia against the Phillies with a okay outing against the Mets sandwich in between. Um, but since those that stretch, in beginning in mid-August, uh, Patrick actually has an ERA of 341 in over 37 innings and six starts, um, not including this past start when he left due to injury in Atlanta. So that was his seventh start. We're not counting that. So he completed uh, six, five and a third, six, seven, six and two thirds and six innings over those six starts. So that means he got into the six in each of those outings. He completed six innings five times. He got into the seventh twice and then completing seven just the one time and allowed two or fewer runs and four of those six starts. So Patrick has been pitching relatively better over comparatively, you know, speaking to the rest of his career in the past couple of seasons. Um, but he has been pitching better to end the season. You would like him to get one more of these outings in if he can. Uh, I know it might be a little tougher ask coming back from a, a minor injury like this, but if you can get like one of these six-ish innings outings in less than two runs, I think you have to take that. Right. I mean, those numbers are a lot better than his overall 608 right. ERA. So he's definitely been better as of late. Um, the opportunity to finish strong would be great. But, you know, no matter what, that was, you know, his last start where he got hurt. That was his 30th start of the year. He's made 30 or more starts since he came to the Nationals in every full season, mm-hmm. um, obviously not including 2020. So that's, Which he made all 11. Right, exactly, all 11. So you can't be frustrated. It's no, I don't, you know, Patrick Corbin's the only one that knows whether he can go out there or not, especially with an injury like back spasms. You know, it's not something you're going to see. Um, he's the only one that can make that decision and see how he feels. But everything's pointing um, in the right direction that he will – be, probably be able to make one more start uh, before this is all said. Yeah, I feel like we say this every time when we talk about Patrick Corbin. Like the fact of the matter is, he's gonna be here right. the next year and the year after that, and that's just that's just the fact. And so you need him to come into next season being healthy. I mean, unless you have a guy like Josiah Gray or maybe a Kay Cavalli have an outstanding spring training, he's probably the odds-on favorite to be your opening day starter again. <laughs> um, and you, you need him to be healthy. Anything short of I don't feel it at all and I feel fine I think you need to consider maybe not starting him because again you don't necessarily need him to start even if it's like it's one of those things where Patrick says like um I could pitch through it but should you there yeah there shouldn't be any pitching through anything it's not like an ankle injury or you know like a calf cramp or straight whatever it's it's a lot of torque when you're a starting pitcher going and you know I know Patrick doesn't throw particularly hard, but still, that's a lot of torque. I mean, and you don't want anything like getting we, worse. We were talking about how Davey Martinez wants to win these games and how these games matter, but 
at the end of the day, they matter for every other team, right. not for the Nationals. And their top priority is making sure that, you know, they are healthy and they are finishing the season strong, you know, internally. And that starts with their starting pitching. And it starts with Patrick Corbin, who you could consider their ace, if you will. So, you know, that's going to be their main priority. Yes, they want to win, but the games don't really matter for them. Um, So that has to be on the top of their list. Yeah. And then so moving forward to another starting pitcher who was talked about being shut down, not because of injury, but more so fatigue. This was an interesting route ra- I mean, we've been talking about this and the Nationals have at least over this last month of the season you know will they won't they shut down Josiah Gray uh we know that they were open about it they talked about it they thought about doing it and, and letting him go into the offseason finishing healthy what did you make of how they kind of approached that and, and just tossing out the idea that they could possibly shut down Josiah Gray I think it made sense. You know, we were talking about this a month ago, you know, whether they would shut him down or at least significantly limit his innings. We've seen them skip his start. It made sense. You know, at this point, he should be able to pitch through a whole season. But, you know, he's still young, hasn't thrown this many innings yet. The season doesn't doesn't really matter. End of September, sure, shut him down. You know, he misses, what, two starts, maybe, Mm. um, two times through the rotation. But they don't really have that luxury anymore. I mean, if they are at, because they thought they were going to have Kate Cavalli the rest of the way, they were hoping that they were going to have Mackenzie Gore the rest of the way. They didn't anticipate that Patrick Corbin was going to miss his last two, three starts. So they don't really have that luxury anymore. I mean, they kind of have to put Josiah Gray um, out there. They could still limit his innings or how many pitches he throws, but you know, it's kind of a completely different conversation. Um, given those injuries right now. So it made sense, but it's just not realistic. And then after his last outing, um, you know, I think he's another guy, especially being as young as he is, you want him to end on a high note. Mm -hmm. So to, you know, shut him down after his last start, I think it's better that you put him back out there again uh, to make at least one more start. I've been going back and forth with this throughout this last month. Because when they first came up, like it was like beginning of September, and they were talking about uh, we might we're considering, you know, like we were talking about this early, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, we knew that they were gonna stretch him out more, right. give him extra rest, spread out his starts, maybe skip a start. Uh, they did do that, and so it was kind of like, all right, that's that's fine. Make sure he finishes the season strong. But then the, when the phrase "shut him down" comes out, it's like, well, why? Like in my mind at the time, I was saying, I was thinking. I think it's important for Josiah to finish his first major league season, like fully, like make all of the starts that you need to make. Um, He's at 27 right now, get up to 30 because one, he hasn't done it yet. And and two, you know, he's going to be counted on. It's going to be him, Cade Cavalli, Mackenzie Gore, name other prospect one and two to finish out this rotation over the next couple of years. He's going to be counted on to, you know, make, 25 to 30 starts right. every year pitch close to you know 200 plus innings um so it, it's i think it's important for a young pitcher to do that the first time you know and then you get and the offseason can be like, okay this is what i needed to do to make sure i was able to stay healthy and stay strong throughout the course of the season this is what i need to do during the offseason to recover and then also ramp back up for spring training and, and next year. I mean, you look at guys like who've been doing this throughout the course of their career, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Clayton Kershaw, guys who have made 30 plus starts multiple times throughout their courses of their career and pitched close to 300 innings in a season. It's hard. It is not easy to do. And I think it's important for a young pitcher that the Nationals are counting on a lot 
for the next couple of seasons to learn how to do that. Right. And you can't really learn how to do it without actually doing it. You know, exactly. it's like that first baby step of finishing your first major league season. It's it's hard. It's going to be tough. But I think it was important for him to do that. And hopefully he's up, get back gets back out. There. Right. I mean, you have to be able to do it. Like, that's right. the only way you know that you can. So then, like, you know, you shut him down early this year. Then what happens next year? Like, next year you just expect him to go out there and do it. You know, there, there has to be a little bit of a progression. And I think it'd be different if, you know, you saw him progress in his results as the season went yeah. on. But you kind of saw him hit this peak. And then it's been a really like bad finish over his last four starts he's allowed five home runs and pitched to an 838 era so he's definitely not ending you know if his season he doesn't go back out there again he didn't end the season on a high note and i think that almost does more damage to a young pitcher um you know than shutting him down and kind of babying i i think well you can even go back even a little bit further uh and look at his basically cut his season in half like his the first half of the season we were talking about with our producer tim leonard before the show that you know he actually was the Nationals' best starter for the first half of the season. Right. He had an ERA under four at the end of June. And then that, that, follow, that was following, remember that really good start he had in Texas against the Rangers, seven innings, only two earned runs. Um, I think he even had like a no-hitter going through like five or mm-hmm. so or something like that. Yep. Um, but then in the 13 starts since, his ERA is 668 over 67 and a third innings. And that, I think that goes to show – uh, a lot of fatigue. His arm strength is fading. Um, you mentioned all the home runs, of course, have been an issue. The walks have been an issue. He's got a lower velo. He has less command and control of his pitches. I mean, sometimes he has no command or control of his pitches. You can see he's made a couple of outings that were cut really short. Um, he, he has given up six, four, four, and four earned runs in his four September starts. He didn't get out of the fourth inning a couple weeks ago in St. Louis, but he did complete six innings in his last start against Miami this past weekend. So, yeah, it has been kind of a mixed bag. But I think you mentioned that last start in Miami. The, the way that inning, that outing started, he gave up a handful of runs in the first inning mm-hmm. and then settled in and completed the sixth. Right. And I believe left with the Nationals still in the game, had a chance to win. That I don't believe they did, but they still had a chance to win. That's a good way to finish the season, but I would like to see him build off it. I mean, he's going to start one more time. He's starting the finale against the Braves Wednesday night. I'd like to see him build off of that and try to duplicate that and maybe even, you know, do a little bit better, not give up the four earned runs before his season's right. over. Like, no matter what, you just you want his last start to be, you know, solid, at least have something to build off of. Um, you know, you, you just don't want him to end the season the way his last four starts have gone, you know, the way the month of September is gone. So I think that's the most important thing. But then, of course, you can play the opposite side of that, where it's like, you know, our plan always was to limit his innings and then right. shut him down. And, you know, you're seeing that fatigue set in. You're seeing it in these September starts where his – his uh, velocity just isn't there. His control just isn't there. So maybe then you that you know you can use that argument to say maybe we should have shut him down. Um, but I just just think realistically with you know not having Mackenzie Gore possibly make a start, um, maybe Patrick Corbin doesn't you know make another start for the rest of the season. You don't really even have that luxury. You kind of have to put him out there at least one more time this weekend. Yeah, he made or tomorrow uh, rather. Tomorrow, right. right. Uh, between the Dodgers and the Nationals last year in the major leagues, he made he appeared in 14 games, 13 starts, pitched 70 and a third innings, uh, and he has more than doubled than both of those numbers this year. 27 starts so far mm-hmm. and 142 and two-thirds innings. Um, and then you can go all the way back to 2019 where he has pitched this um, this amount. Uh, he appeared in 26 games, 25 starts, completing 130 innings in the Dodgers system, um, where he actually pitched really well. He went 11 and two with a 2.28 ERA, 
uh, between three levels of low A, high A, and double A ball with the Dodgers. So, you know, he has pitched this much, much, but only once before and the lower levels of the minor leagues. That's not the same as the major leagues. Right. right? And like, you can't mess, like if you're the Nationals, you can't mess this one up. Like, yeah. you know, like you saw Kate Cavalli, not necessarily their fault, but you saw him come and make his debut out for the season. You know, Cole Henry, other top pitching prospect, thoracic outlet, like Josiah Gray is your future, probably your best pitcher of the future. You really can't, you can't mess this up, so you kind of do have to walk on eggshells a little bit, or I'm sure they at least feel like that. But it's like a balance where, yes, you have to be cautious with him and and protect him, but you know, you kind of also just have to let him go pitch. You have to let right, him do exactly. his, There's Like I said, there's no other way for him to learn than to actually do it. Right. I mean, that's what just what that. more is he going to learn exactly. by sitting on the bench and watching everyone else right. pitch over exactly. this last week? And it's like, you should be able to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's... I mean, even if his next start, if, if, if Wednesday is his last, I mean, mathematically, I guess he could pitch again after Wednesday. But if Wednesday is his last start, assuming that it goes, if, if we're taking his averages over so far, so he goes, what, gives up four runs and goes six-ish mm-hmm. innings, I, I still think that's a, a good way to end the, the season because that's your 28th start. You're going to pitch close to 150 innings in a single season, and it's like, all right, now go into your full recovery mode for this offseason and be able to ramp your arm back up and get ready for spring training and because like, you're going to have to repeat, if not exceed it, next year. And regardless of the results, you know, whatever your ERA finishes at, you know, whatever, your losses, doesn't matter. You have to be proud of those 28 starts. Yeah. I mean, that is saying something in, in your second MLB season that you were able to go out there and make 28 starts. Yeah, and, and by all accounts, for the most part, they've been they've been good. I mean, you're look you look at his game logs. It's a lot of sixes and in innings pitched, a couple of sevens, some five and two thirds. There's only a handful, you know, his first outing. But granted, it's, it was his first outing, so he only went four. There's a three in there. I think there's a three and a third. Um, yeah, the three and a third he had in St. Louis a couple weeks ago. But so it's mostly been pretty solid. But like you're going deeper into games than any other starter, yeah. and you know, we, on this team. So at least you know you're making those 28 starts, and you're going, you know what you could call deep in the games in comparison to the rest of this rotation. And we know his struggles with the home run ball. He leads the national league in home runs. He's allowed. And I think he even walks as well. So it, that's going to come with growing, but uh, you right. know, it, it's, I think it's more important for him in a, in the physical sense of, you know, strengthening his arm and training his arm and his body to complete the season, assuming he's healthy and then go in this off season and be ready to do it all over again next year. And the year after that, and you know, the year after that, yeah. And not giving up a home run is, you know, goal his last start, he didn't allow a home run. So that's a goal in and of itself, true. you know, um, you know, I, it also probably had a little bit of to do with the ballpark that he was pitching in, but you know, you just, that has to be something. Davey Martinez talks about it after every start, you know, he, he's got to watch those home runs. He's yeah. got to watch those home runs. So, you know, that's, that's something too. And we've seen him like it, it, pitch selection wise. We've seen him, you know, kind of change what he's been doing, no pun intended, because he's been using his changeup more, <laughs> but he's switched up what he's doing than he, or, than he has been earlier. He's going to try to figure out something else, and, and the changeup has worked for him, and right. that's a that's a good sign. That's something you can carry. So I've seen, all right, I actually was able to use my changeup effectively this mm-hmm. at the end of the season. I can start next year doing that and really expand my repertoire and then hopefully have a, a, a strong start to the season next year with my collection of four pitches. Exactly, exactly. And then... You have Mackenzie Gore, who is probably, I guess, the biggest question mark out of all of these people. He made his uh, another rehab start yesterday, gave up six hits and six runs over, what, three and two-thirds? Yep. Um, I think their goal for him was to throw 75 pitches and get through five innings. Yep. Uh, I think he threw 67 or something like that. So 
The box score says 72. Davies okay. had 67 after the game, but the box score says 72, 72 and 45 strikes. Okay, so, you know, close to that pitch count, but only getting through three and two-thirds and kind of getting roughed up a little bit is a little bit concerning. I don't know how much they pay attention to those results compared to just, you know, how he feels mm. um, when they're considering whether they will bring him in to make a start before the season's over. Yeah, so the numbers, three and two-thirds, six hits, including three home runs, six runs all earned, a walk and three strikeouts. He's got an ERA of 525 over his four uh, rehab starts with AAA Rochester. Um, you mentioned the the numbers versus the actual, you know how he's how he feels the results. I, Davey talked about it a little bit. He he said he glanced at the report after after last night's game. Um, he seemed more positive, happy about the fact that he got up to his pitch count target, right around the seventy ish pitches. He didn't really talk about him not completing or not getting to the fifth, not even getting out of the fourth. Um, but they were more happy that he did that than the home runs and and the number. He now Davy did also mention that you know that goes to show this is where he has struggled in his rehab starts is that second time through the order, showing arm fatigue, losing command, um, and that's what they don't want to see him do if they do bring him up to the majors. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he said they're going to get him back in DC. They'll go. He'll go through his pre-start routine. Um, you know, if you pitched Monday, you would think that Wednesday-ish would be your bullpen session that could line you up to start maybe one of those games on Saturday um, and doubleheader against the Phillies. Right. David Martinez, you know, he said he wanted to see more consistency and see him get better as the game went on. You didn't necessarily see that in this start as he lost control of his fastball in that fourth inning. Um so it's it's kind of hard to tell. Davey Martinez didn't see, seem disappointed with the results no. at all. You know, he kind of seemed almost a little bit satisfied. So maybe we will see Mackenzie Gore. I mean, do you think that that is would do you want to see? Mc, I mean, obviously you want to see Mackenzie Gore before the season's over. But like, do you think that when you're talking about his development, if that is that a good thing? So it's see him make a yeah, start? I, I think so. I I would like to see him this weekend, and I, assuming he's like you know he's coming back from a. I wouldn't say significant injury, but like it's in a, it's a, it's in an interesting place, right? A left, right. it's in his elbow. What's it called? Left elbow inflammation. Yeah. That's never a, you never want to hear that in any starting pitcher. So that's that's the only hesitation. But he's been rehabbing this since what July. Yeah. So it's been a long rehab for him, and he's finally you know they took they were cautious with him ever since he arrived in the trade in in beginning of August. So you know bullpen sessions light bullpen sessions throwing off a mound throwing from 70 feet and now small rehab starts slowly ramping up i think if he is healthy enough and you know he can do it yeah you you pitch it because rochester season ends tomorrow on wednesday so there's nowhere really else that he can go to pit i mean he can give you a start before the end of the season you don't want him I, like like we just kind of talked about with josiah I don't think you want him, and Davey has said this as much like earlier this month, but you don't want Mackenzie Gore ending the season like that, especially the way that it went. Not, not, not just, you know, you know, a rehab start, but a bad rehab start that he didn't go as deep as he should have given up three home runs, give him another chance to go out there. And you know, it's something, something for the fans to go. I I would be excited to go watch him if he pitched in one of those games on Saturday. I mean, whether, if whether whether allowing but you know i i think if, if he comes back goes through his routine healthy enough yeah i mean but you go into it knowing that he's not going to get deep into the game which right. might be tricky for a doubleheader day 
That's true. <laughs> but, you know, we'll figure it out when you get right. there. Um, you know, maybe you have Patrick Corbin start game one and you're just like, you're, you're pitching six no matter what. <laughs> and you, yeah, and you knew what day the Rochester season was going to end. I mean, he's making these rehab starts uh, for a reason. You're trying to get him two five innings and 75 pitches for mm. a reason. I think with every intention that he should be making a start with the Nationals before the season's over. So if he doesn't, then his season's over. You know, he right. throws a bullpen tomorrow or, yeah, tomorrow. And then, you know, that's it. So hopefully, given all the information that we have, you see him, I think, most likely probably in one of those games on Saturday. Yeah. Weather permitting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. And I think there's no – health aside, there's no reason to let him go into the offseason like this. I mean, yeah, kind of like Josiah, yes, there is a lot riding on him. You want his – and he's going through an injury more than Josiah is, so it's like even more precaution. But – if you're if you're able to make four rehab starts and you wanted him to get to seventy plus pitches on Monday, why not just? I mean, why not? I mean, you're. I think you again. You you know what you're getting yourself into. You know that he's not going to go six or seven innings. Right. You're probably getting four, maybe five out of him, um, and seventy, eighty-ish pitches. But let him. I mean, and the other thing too is that he's done it before. Like he's pitched in the major leagues before. It's not like it's going to be his major league debut. His first taste doesn't know what to expect. He'll know what to expect. So he's done this before. So it won't be totally foreign to him. And that, that probably helps as well. And it's, it, I mean, it's interesting because it's, it really is like putting together a puzzle like it, every yeah. day the rest of the season, because it's not like they can just say, you know, we want to shut, let's just look at Josiah Gray. What's the plan for him? Oh, we want to shut him down. You can just do that. You know, it's like putting together a puzzle um, and it'll be a lot easier for Davey Martinez when he has an idea um, of whether Patrick Corbin can come back and whether you're going to get anything out of Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, I think that's like those are going to be the main like pregame press com- conference questions for David. Yeah. But he's probably not going to know. Have you Yeah, he no might not know. know. I mean, he might know until after Patrick the game Corbin, on Wednesday. Right, until Patrick Corbin throws another bullpen, you're yeah. not going to know. Until Mackenzie Gore throws this week, you're not going to know. And they might do that Thursday on the off day. Right, probably of, realistically. Yeah, Thursday. so you might not know who's actually starting until Friday morning or right. Friday after. I mean, that that would be unfortunate to do, especially, you know, you don't want anyone thinking that you're trying to pull some gamesmanship on the Phillies, but, like, you might not know. And then whether, like, that's going to throw a whole king into things because, you know, obviously, like, a guy warms up and then I know. you go to the rain. Like, so, depending on when those rain delays hit, I know it could be just really not good. I was, I was thinking about this, Amy. Um, but that would be, like, Nationals luck, like, that's oh, 100%. 100% how it's because well what we were talking about it before we went on air too is like because we were like high-fiving about how monday's game was only two and a half hours i mean that's what happens <laughs> when you have a complete game shutout pitch against you but we we're like all right that wasn't too bad like but then i said well mark and i are splitting out the doubleheader on saturday so <laughs> i'll pay for it on saturday when oh, there's yeah. a two-hour rain delay and then the game lasts three and a half hours and then i'm also editing mark for the second game and that game goes into a rain delay um no, yeah it's gonna be a long one i'm hoping the remnants of Hurricane Ian doesn't hit our area until like Sunday night, and then that'd be ideal. Yeah, and then get through New York, and then we'll we'll be in the clear. But I was honestly thinking, I was like, all right, like I mentioned, these games have to be played. These games matter. There's no more. Also, there's no more game 163. They have tiebreakers set up for these playoffs, so like they they're not gonna play. Like if if the Brewers and the Phillies end up with the same right. record, they're not gonna play a game next Thursday to decide who gets the the last wild card. There's tiebreakers put in place, but in order for that to occur, you have to play 162, 162. <laughs> right? And so I'm trying to see where the Phillies um, finish their season. 
because they're in Chicago this week, and then they're oh they go to oh, Houston. Houston. <laughs> wow, that's weird. Because <laughs> I was thinking like. All right, because obviously the Nationals are home this that's weekend. Kind of they go up to New York. That's just a train. That's a what a three-hour train right. ride there and back. So if you are able only to get one game in on Saturday, maybe you or if they're both washed out, maybe you have to do a doubleheader Sunday and then you reschedule one of them on that off day Thursday. And Philly could just take the train back to DC, but that's flying from DC to Houston, Houston. Sunday night. And then from Houston back to D.C. Wednesday, late Wednesday night, to play a possible game 162 on Thursday. And then you might then have to go to uh, St. Louis Louis for the the playoff playoff. game. (laughs) So that would be, I mean, again, they're going to have to play these games, but this weather is going to be definitely a factor. Hopefully it gets in early or late, and then they can Mm -hmm. can all play. But it's, it's... I, I, I can just feel it in my bones. That when we're talking about like <laughs> pictures, just, it makes it even oh, yeah. more like... Because then you have to shuffle everything around. Right. People aren't on rest. And then, you know, you might have to do a bullpen day. And that's right. that's that's kind of and tricky then, as well. And then you have a doubleheader in there, possibly more doubleheaders because yeah. of rainouts. And then you also that's you also don't want to start a game and then have to go into a long delay and then and figure then it out. And then you put your basically bullpen. burn a starter. Yeah. yeah, that that would not be... That's what you don't you don't want Mackenzie Gore or Josiah Gore, anyone really, but you definitely don't want these young pitchers ending their right. seasons in that kind of fashion. So right. a lot of factors going into these last nine games, this weekend series, four games against the Phillies at Nationals Park. Hey, your last couple of times to go see Nationals baseball for 2022 before next spring training. So might right. as well get out to the park, weather approving, um, and, and watch these Nationals. Hopefully Mackenzie Gore makes a debut. That'll be very fun to watch. C.J. Abrams is hitting the ball a lot better right. now. So he and Joey Manessis is the main story in baseball outside of the playoff race and Aaron Judge. So, you know, he I saw him getting a feature in MLB Network the past couple of days. So he's getting the attention that he deserves. He's been playing really, really well. So a lot of things to follow over these last nine games. Of course, we'll have you covered on MassInSports.com, on social media, at Masson Nationals across the board, at Amy Jennings News, at Bobby underscore Blanco. You're going to be on Nets Extra Wednesday yeah. before the game. Yeah, I have a piece um, on basically this year's draft draft and the diversity and hopefully the the spread of diversity across the game so that should be interesting so tune into Nats Extra tomorrow before the game yeah and then I had a piece this morning on MassInSports.com about the Instructs League at at West Palm Beach Um, the Nationals those young prospects got to go meet the team in Miami over the weekend Davey Martinez Mike Rizzo Dijon Watson addressing all those young players Uh, I did see this morning though it sounds like they are being evacuated from West Palm Beach and that they won't actually read join afterwards but still a good experience for all those guys guys like elijah green james wood your susana robert hassel the third jackson rutledge i mean if you're a top, top 30 prospect you're you're down you were down in west palm beach over the weekend and and got to go talk to some of the young guys or, or some of the older guys i guess i should say at the major league level um so yeah coverage all across the board of these last nine games watch Masson, Masson two uh be sure to check everything out i want to give a shout out to tim leonard for producing the show behind the scenes we'll be back Next week at the end of the regular season to recap the entire 2022 season for the Nationals and give a soft preview for the upcoming offseason. We'll see you then. Stay safe. Stay healthy, everybody. If you're down in Florida watching us, please take cover. And we'll hope to see you next week.